friends, we're moving more deeply into our experience of the word, and we are obviously, if you haven't figured it out yet, talking about wisdom. We'll be talking about wisdom um, all the way through September because it is a rich, a rich tradition throughout scripture. So right now we're spending some time with wisdom in the Hebrew scriptures, and then about the second week in September, we'll turn to wisdom as we find it in some of the books of the New Testament. But do you remember, I wonder if you remember your assignment from last Sunday. So last week, we talked about how the experience of not knowing, of coming to those moments in life where we say, I just don't know, how that is the beginning of wisdom. How many people at some point during the week experienced a moment when you knew not and had an occasion to say, I don't know? Yay, excellent. So remember, we said that's the beginning of, the, of wisdom, but wisdom doesn't leave us there. What wisdom does is it takes that experience and um, points us toward learning. And one of the ways it points us toward learning is the wisdom of others. So we're going we're gonna to move into that, how we share wisdom, how we share wisdom across generations. And we'll, we'll kind of dive into that in the words of the book from the book of Proverbs that Rebecca and I are going to share with you. This morning's scripture begins in Proverbs chapter 3. My child, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and abundant well-being they will give you. Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and of people. Trust in God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God and God will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes fear and revere God and turn away from evil. It will be a healing for your flesh and a refreshment for your body. Blessed are those who find wisdom and those who get understanding. For her income is better than silver and her revenue better than gold. She's more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. And so, hear these proverbs. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again, tomorrow I will give it, when you have it with you. Hate stirs up conflict, but love covers all offenses. Some chatter on like a stabbing wound, but a wise tongue heals. Walk with wise people and become wise. Befriend fools and get in trouble. Safer to meet a bear robbed of her cubs than to meet up with fools in their folly. Pride comes before disaster and arrogance before a fall. Better to be humble with the needy than to divide plunder with the proud. Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is found on the path to righteousness. Better a dry crust with quiet than a house full of feasting and quarrels. 
Friends love all the time, and kinfolk are born for times of trouble. My child, do not let these escape from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and prudence, and they will be life for your soul, an adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you sit down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. We celebrate the written word of scripture. Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Holy wisdom, holy word, as we stand in the stream of generations, may your wisdom fill our hearts that our hearts might be full to the fullness of your heart. In all things, we give you thanks and praise. Amen. When I was in my 20s, just starting out in life, this little book made a big difference in my life. It's A Measure of Our Success by Marion Wright Edelman. Marion Wright Edelman is the founder and longtime director of the Children's Defense Fund. She has made the well-being of children in this nation and around the world and in communities and in families, she's made the well-being of children her life's work. Because as she says, children are God's presence, promise, and hope for humankind. This book is a letter to her own children, her sons as they reached adulthood. As her eldest son Joshua was nearing his 21st birthday, Dr. Edelman wondered what she could give her sons on the threshold of their adulthood. She worried that in the press of work and family, in her zealous advocacy for children, in the hubbub of getting school, kids to school and to baseball games, she might not have conveyed clearly enough, specifically enough, the things that mattered most. She might not have said them out loud to her children, those things that sustained her most from day to day. And as she pondered all that, she heard the voice of her parents, the lessons they had shared, the songs they had sung, the example they had set, a daily presence guiding her through life. And so Dr. Edelman took what mattered most to her, the lessons she had learned along the way from her parents and in her life, and she wrote a letter to her sons that became this book. Her 25 lessons in life include the following. Service is the rent we pay for living. Service, serving others, is the very purpose in life and not something you do in your spare time. Sell the shadow for the substance. Slow down and live. Be a can-do, will-try person. And my favorite, which I think I've shared with you before and I promise I will share again, assign yourself. Don't wait for the world or someone else to give you the work that is yours to do, the life that is yours to live. Assign yourself. Marion Wright Edelman took all the things that she'd learned along the way, what she'd learned from her parents, what she has learned facing the hard things in life, what she has learned working for the well-being of the vulnerable who are too often harmed by systems that oppress, and she wrote it down. She wrote it down and gave it to her sons, or as she says, this is a letter to my children and to yours, a gift from one generation 
to the next. We find wisdom like that in Proverbs. We find that desire of one generation to take what they've learned and to offer it up for whomever might need it so that those who follow won't have to start from scratch. We see that deep longing in this morning's scripture. My child, here's what I've learned. Bind it around your neck. Write these things on the tablet of your heart. Wisdom is a tree of life. Long life is in her right hand and all her paths are peace. Let these things be life for your soul and your sleep will be sweet. One scholar says that every culture does this. Every healthy society hands on its wisdom to the next generation, calling it this circle of life and learning, handing on as best they can, as best we can, what they have learned, the, the ways of living that they have found lead to more life. Last Sunday, we talked about the human experience of not knowing, of living life and reaching the limits of our current knowledge and understanding, and of having the presence to stop and say, I just don't know. That, we said, was the beginning of wisdom, but it's not the end. That act of healthy humility, saying, I know not, it clears the decks, it helps us find our proper place in the world, and it sets us on the path of learning. What wisdom then says to us is that we are not alone. We're not alone, and we're not the first. Not the first to live this life and come to a point of not knowing, and we're not the last. And God is always there. We start at that point of not knowing in a community of learning, standing in a stream of generations together with God's help, finding our way to life. That same scholar says, wisdom applies old truth to new situations because there's nothing new under the sun. Proverbs are one way that wisdom does this. Now, here is a formal definition of what a proverb is. A proverb is a concise statement of an apparent truth that has currency for the present moment. Here's an explanation I like a little better. My friend Talitha Aho, one of the pastors over at Montclair, she says that proverbs are like these little gifts, not unlike a fortune cookie. We take what we have learned in life and we wrap it up in this little package, tie it with a bow, and we hand it on to the next generation. They then take it, unwrap it when they need it, and put it to use blessing, in their, blessing their life and their world, this little wisdom gift, this proverb. My dad taught me how to drive a car, a stick shift car. It wasn't easy, and I was not an easy student. There may have even been raised voices, but on the other side of all that drama, I do remember some of the things he said. Keep your eyes on the road. Now, that may be obvious enough, but in days long before cell phones, he summed up the experience that when you are driving, 
where your eyes go, your car follows. Keep your eyes on the road. And one I probably rolled my eyes at, never pass a semi going downhill. I rolled my eyes, that is, until I tried to pass a semi going downhill. In my 1983 stick shift Honda Civic, I passed that semi and then pulled back into the truck's lane and saw the semi getting larger and larger in my rearview mirror. And I went, oh yeah, never pass a semi going downhill. I think of the things I've learned from Janie Spar and the Janieisms I have come to quote. My favorite, I will not be bifurcated. I didn't even know what that meant the first time I heard her say it, but I came to learn that from a lifetime of being told to be something other than who she was, Janie had a clear response. I will not be bifurcated because it never works, it's never healthy, and it doesn't ever help anyone. A life of experience, wisdom. And now whenever I get so much as a whiff that someone is about to ask me to be other than myself, I hear Janie's voice and the answer is easy. Nope. Nope, I will not be bifurcated. Let's move along. Last week, I was talking with Yolanda Norton and asked her, my biblical scholar friend, what she thought about wisdom. She quoted, cited another scholar, and she said that the wisdom that we find in the Old Testament is life wisdom that is a response to trauma. Trauma of a people who have been enslaved and then centuries later taken into exile and then returned home to a desolated land. There are what she calls three generations of this wisdom in response to trauma. First, there's wisdom like we find in the book of Job. Why, God, why? That whole body gut response to the inexplicable suffering and hardship of life. The second generation of wisdom is like that we find in Ecclesiastes, which we read from Ecclesiastes Friday at Bob Houston's memorial service. It is a sober reflection on life that acknowledges all we don't and can't know and then asks, what, what is the meaning of all this? And that then begins to ground itself in the meaning we find and give to the life we live in the present moment and then the next. And then there is this third generation of wisdom, like we find in Proverbs. In response to trauma, a generation works to assemble and articulate what they have learned, what we have learned, all the lessons, all the encouragement to the next generation so that they can survive and thrive. Here is abiding help I want to leave with you that I hope will last long after I am gone so that you might live. Wisdom is always active, engaged, 
intergenerational community learning as we seek together for ways of living that lead to more life for this moment and then for the next. Now, what I just said could be said of wisdom across cultures, but this, this is church, and we're talking about Scripture, so it's fair and important to ask, where is God in this? Where is God in the, this wisdom life? In the traditions of Hebrew and Christian scripture, wisdom sees God present in every part and every moment of life. Wisdom is there from the beginning in the way that God has created the world, complete with paths that lead to more life. God there to help us find the way. Within that world, we have agency. The capacity to choose and to act and to make meaning. We may see only in part that not knowing. We may come to that point of not knowing, but we have the capacity to learn in the presence and the power of God dwelling with us in wisdom. Wisdom is then both a gift and a task a gift of God's presence in life and a task, our ongoing work of reflection and conversation in living lives of meaning. One writer says it like this, wisdom is learning to live optimally in a world we find only partially understandable. The wisdom we've been talking about, and particularly this type of wisdom that is communicated from generation to generation, it comes to us as a gift from God and those who have come before, and it is ours to unpack, ours to open up and apply to our life and live into meaning. It is ours to fit. It's ours to fit the wisdom we receive to the lives we live and then to birth into our life new wisdom for the living of our day. So I know one bit of wisdom that I've already quoted is assign yourself, but I have an assignment for you, for us, an invitation. This week, I invite you to think about the wisdom that has helped shape who you are today. The wisdom that has shaped your life the ways of living that have brought you here to this moment? How has God been at work in you through the wisdom of others? And who are they? In this sermon, I have shared wisdom from Marion Wright Edelman in the children's sermon from my mom, my dad, Reverend Dr. Jane Spar, Reverend Talitha Aho, Professor Yolanda Norton, and the Bible. Think specifically who has handed to you wisdom that has sustained you along the way in love? What are the lessons you have received? And then, Reflect on the lessons you have learned along the way, the ways you have found that lead to more life, and maybe some of the ways you've discovered don't lead to more life. What is the wisdom that you embody?
What's the wisdom you have to share and pass along? Think specifically, maybe just one or two pieces of wisdom, one or two you proverbs, and write them down. And if you can, find a way to wrap up that wisdom and give it away as a gift. Write a letter, maybe find a friend and exchange wisdom, email it to me, you know, however you can share that wisdom. Now, I don't assign anything in a sermon that I don't assign to myself, so here's an example. A bit of wisdom I have come to know in the life I am living. Here it is. Don't let anyone tell you that you are somehow less than. Be abundantly you. That's a gift from my life to yours. And if you experience something of God's love in that, and if there's a way that it might come to life in your life, you are welcome to it. And I know that you have something like that that is uniquely you to give to others in the world. I noticed this week that the foreword to Marion Wright Edelman's book was written by one of her sons. Now, I have read this book many times. I've actually joked with Marion Wright Edelman about that at a book signing where she took this book and looked at it with its broken binding and says, um, this looks well used. Well, I've read this book, but I've never noticed that one of her sons wrote the foreword. Here's what her son Jonah writes. My mother's book is a written testament to her beliefs from which everyone, including myself, can benefit. Many of her lessons for life strike a chord in me, but three in particular represent what I have come to see as the legacy of my ancestors. One, don't feel entitled to anything you don't sweat and struggle for. Two, never give up. You can make it no matter what comes, Nothing worth having is ever achieved without struggle. Three, always remember you are never alone. You are loved unconditionally. There is nothing you can ever say or do that can take away my love or God's love. And then Dr. Edelman's son writes this. When I am feeling paralyzed by a task that seems too difficult, I remember the love that lies at the core of my family and their legacy to me. The love gives me strength and I can move again. We can be a part of that. We stand in the stream of generations drinking deeply from the wisdom of those who have gone before. We write that wisdom on our hearts and then nourished and sustained by the wisdom of generations in God's abiding presence, we then bring to life in our bodies, in our life, in our world, wisdom that is at the same time ancient and timeless and fresh, what we have learned along the way together as we are finding our way to life. And we hope, we hope with God's help, 
that we might leave to generations who follow and to the generations yet to come a little help. And maybe even, maybe even a world a little better than we found it.